Hey there, folks. Welcome to Rock and Rally Tennis, where it's all tennis, all the time. I'm James Lynn. Follow us on Twitter at Rock and Rally. That's rock underscore and underscore rally. And on Facebook at facebook.com backslash rock and rally tennis. This is podcast episode number 186. Welcome to another segment of Match Points, where we answer questions from our listeners. This is Match Points segment number 22. If you'd like to send us a question, you can email us at askme at rockandrallytennis.com or message us on our Facebook page at facebook.com backslash rockandrallytennis or tweet us at rockandrally. That's rock underscore and underscore rally. Now we're going to address a couple of things today, so let's get started. Joanne from New York City writes, I haven't played tennis in over a year. I'm in my early 40s and was a 4.0 to 4.5 level player at the time I took my break. What is the best way to get my game back to where it was and better yet, to improve upon it? Hey there, Joanne. Thanks for your question. You know, after a prolonged layoff, the first thing I encourage players to do is to work their way back into being tennis fit, which is different than just working out. I mean, from a purely physical standpoint, being tennis fit means that At the very least, you are able to comfortably execute all the typical demands of moving, hitting, defending, recovering, and so on. All too often after a long layoff, players try to do too much too soon, and they end up developing new bad habits, or worse, injuring themselves because their level of tennis fitness had not quite caught up to their level of eagerness and enthusiasm. So from a tennis fitness standpoint, work your way back gradually at a pace that is sensible for you. Now, as for improving your game after a long layoff, I strongly suggest taking some lessons to tidy up your mechanics. I mean, believe it or not, one of the positive things about having extended time away from the game is that some of your bad habits actually become temporarily dormant. That's why it's not uncommon for many club and recreational players to find themselves playing at or near their highest levels the first couple of times they get back onto the court after a long layoff. So returning to the game after a long layoff actually presents an opportune time for you to refine those stroke mechanics and footwork techniques. Thanks for your question, Joanne. Sandra from Palm Springs, California wants to know, what is most important when it comes to practice? Hey Sandra, thanks for your question. Wow, where do I begin? Uh, You know, when it comes to practice, or doing anything for that matter, having the proper mindset is always most important in my view. The key to making your practice sessions most productive is to practice with purpose, which includes properly identifying specific goals and objectives along with the appropriate drills to executing every aspect of those drills properly with laser focus and intensity. Make every moment of your practice session count. Don't just simply rush through or go through the motions, especially when it comes to working on those facets of your game that need it the most. Now, I'll share a quick anecdote of something I commonly see at the local park and tennis clubs. About a year ago, while waiting for my playing partner to arrive, I watched a high-level 18-plus player from my club going through a drill repeatedly for about 15 minutes. The particular drill he was doing is a a five-ball drill. It's a fairly common drill among high-level juniors and college players. Now, the five-ball drill is as follows. You know, ball number one, you start off with a backhand cross court from the baseline, followed by ball number two, which is a short, high, first strike forehand approach up the line. Then balls number three and four are a forehand volley cross court, backhand volley cross court, and finally, ball number five, 
which is putting away a lob with an overhead smash. So as I mentioned, he did this drill over and over for about 15 minutes. Now, the untrained eye would have only noticed the high level intensity, athleticism, and overall energy, which was great. However, as someone who is very familiar with this player, I can tell you the one shot missing from his arsenal is that consistent high forehand first strike from inside the baseline. It's a shot for which he still needs to build a little more confidence. So as it relates to this particular drill, it's ball number two of the sequence. Now, as I mentioned, ball number two is intended to be a short, high first strike forehand approach. The contact point of the shot is supposed to be high, which means above the height of the net, or in his case, around chest height to maximize the potential offensive impact of the shot. Because he was not confident hitting the, first, uh, the high first strike forehand, he repeatedly let the ball drop below the height of the net to around his knee level where he was much more comfortable hitting his forehands. He would then follow that forehand to the net to complete the remaining shots of the sequence and start the drill over again. As I mentioned, he did this for about 15 minutes. And while it was great to see his high level of intensity, athleticism, energy on full display, the problem was he did not get any reps or real practice for the very shot on which he needed the most work. Moreover, he finished this drill feeling great about his energy, his effort, and execution. In actuality, what he did unintentionally with this drill was reinforce the lack of confidence in hitting that high first strike forehand approach. Case in point, here we are nine months later and not much has changed with that particular forehand shot. So Sandra, at the end of the day, it's essential to identify specific objectives along with the appropriate drills. And it's absolutely imperative that you execute every aspect of those drills properly. It's not enough to simply go out there and give it all you've got. You've got to make sure you're getting in the relevant reps and practice to improve those specific aspects of your game that you've identified. That's what I believe is vital to getting the most of your practice sessions. Thanks for your question, Sandra. Folks, as always, thanks for your questions. Keep them coming. As a reminder, if you'd like to send us a question, you can email us at askme at rockandrallytennis.com or message us on our Facebook page at facebook.com backslash rockandrallytennis or tweet us at rockandrally. That's rock underscore and underscore rally. Well, that's all for this episode, folks. Thanks for joining us at Rock and Rally Tennis. Please subscribe to our podcast at rockandrallytennis.com. Continue to stay safe, stay healthy, stay strong. I'm James Lynn. See you next time.